Sometimes the inspiration for these podcast episodes comes from reading a news article, which sparks a memory of a fictional book, a TV show, or a movie about the same topic. The fact that things were once the figment of someone's imagination is now reality fascinates me. Or is it that someone else read about the same thing, which then sparked their imagination to create this fictional world? Who knows? I don't know. But the whole concept of it, I find really fascinating. And that was the case with the first episode, The Quest for Immortality. And it's happened again with this one, which I call Messages from Beyond the Grave. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year? Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year? The When You Die Project has a beautiful story on its website called Messages on the Wind. It tells of Ataru Sasaki, who built a phone booth in his garden in Japan. In it, he placed a disconnected rotary phone, which he used to speak to his dead cousin, sending messages into the wind. Following a tsunami in 2011, Ataru Sasaki opened his garden to others to enable them to speak with their dead friends and family members over his wind phone. The concept has spread over the years and there are now many sites around the world where people can go to speak to their loved ones and process their grief. The article closes by saying, Maybe it makes no logical sense to dial a phone connected to nothing but the wind, but for countless people, speaking their grief seems to offer a kind of healing connection. Along similar lines, the website afterwards.life approaches this idea from the other side. This website enables people to create videos, photos, documents, and audio recordings that will be delivered to friends and family after they die. Afterwords.life is an Australian-owned business with the stated aim of giving us the ability to provide for our loved one's emotional needs by extending our love beyond death, to be present in spirit and in voice at the moments that matter in the lives of the ones we leave behind. Now, the desire to contact our loved ones after they die is not a new concept. It's been around for hundreds and probably thousands of years. With the founding of the spiritualism religion in the 1800s, it became popular to hold seances and it's said that Abraham Lincoln's wife, 
held seances in the White House after their son died, which were attended by the president. Of course, this podcast wouldn't be what it is without looking at how these concepts have been portrayed in myths and pop culture. There are countless movies and TV shows featuring seances, people gathering to communicate with the dead through a medium or other conduits such as a Ouija board. In the movie Ghost, the character of Oda Mae Brown, played by Whoopi Goldberg, starts off as a charlatan, but then finds she really does have the power to hear spirits when she's visited by Patrick Swayze's character, Sam. Sam is able to use Oda Mae Brown to communicate with Molly, Demi Moore's character, until by the end of the movie, Molly is able to hear and see Sam herself in order for him to tell her that it's amazing, Molly, love inside, you take it with you. It doesn't matter how many times I watch that movie, the final scene always chokes me up because don't we all want to believe that's true? Mediums, seances and Ouija boards are more commonly used, however, in the horror genre, where evil spirits or demons use it as a means to move back onto our plane of existence or take possession of the characters. In the TV series Penny Dreadful, the character of Vanessa appears to become possessed by the spirit of her benefactor's dead son, shocking and terrifying the other guests at the seance. It's a pretty powerful scene if you have a chance to watch it. If you Google seances in movies, more than 150 titles appear with names such as Witchboard, Ouija, colon, Origin of Evil, The Haunting of Julia, The Conjuring, What Lies Beneath, and Hereditary. Which became first-time director Ari Aster's Tour de Force, earning over $80 million on a $10 million budget. So how did seances and Ouija boards go from being seen as positive ways for people to try and communicate with the spirits of their loved ones to a horror medium? It seems the classic 1973 horror film, The Exorcist, can be credited with that. Prior to 1973, Parker Brothers, who you may associate with Monopoly and other family board games, began making its version of the Ouija board, which was seen as harmless fun. After Linda Blair's character revealed that she used a Ouija board to communicate with Captain Howdy in The Exorcist, it started to be viewed as a tool for demons and demonic possession. According to Joseph Laycock, who wrote the book Dangerous Games, What the Moral Panic Over Role-Playing Games Says About Play, Religion, and Imagined Worlds. Horror movies are effective when they play with things that the audience half believes in, trying to hit that spot where you're not sure if this could really happen or not. 
In season three of the TV show Supernatural, a creature known as the Crocotta is the monster of the week. Crocottas are mythical beasts that supposedly originated in India and Ethiopia and can mimic any person's voice in order to lure their victims. The same stories are often told about hyenas in Africa. The supernatural episode, titled Long Distance Call, uses the same idea as the wind phone, but instead of people using the phone as a way to speak to their dead loved ones, the crocotta appears in human form as the supervisor at a phone company. He then calls people, mimicking the voice of a dead loved one, in order to convince them to die by suicide and join their loved one on the other side. The crocotta then swallows that person's soul. Rather than hiding in the woods or jungle and calling out to people to lure them to him, this crocotta had found a way to utilise technology in order to attract more victims. The concept of afterwards.life was depicted in a semi-comedic, semi-serious way in an episode of the ABC show Fisk. Episode 4 of the first series of Fisk was titled Dead Man Texting. Kitty Flanagan's character was retained by a client who was upset to be receiving text messages from her husband who had died six months previously. His text messages varied from wishing her a happy wedding anniversary to things like, don't forget the milk, my love, you always forget the milk. The client had a new man in her life and couldn't understand why she was receiving the text messages. When she tried texting the number, she received a message saying, your message could not be delivered, heaven is outside the NBN network. The company responsible for sending the messages was called BTG, which stood for Beyond the Grave Messaging. Apparently, the husband had purchased the package that included geo-tracking. So when his widow was in the supermarket, she received the text reminding her about the milk. The question posed by Fisk to the owner of BTG Messaging was, how does she get her groceries without being haunted by her dead husband? Fisk was eventually able to get the account deleted by showing that receiving text messages from her dead husband was causing her client psychological distress, to which the owner of BTG Messaging replied, you could have just blocked the number, whack job. Now, like most satires, this takes the situation to extremes, but it does raise some interesting questions. Would you use the wind phone if there was one available in your area? How would you feel if you received messages from your friends or family members after they died? And how long would you expect to receive those messages for? Would they continue to bring comfort? Or would it eventually reach a point where they became annoying or distressing? 
As always, I would love to hear your comments and ideas about this. And that's it for another episode of Doing It to Death. Now, I'm going to ask you to please do one or all of the following three things. One, leave a review or share this episode with your networks. Two, join the Doing It to Death Facebook group and let's continue the conversation over there. Or three, send an email to info at embodiedconnections.com.au with any comments, feedback or suggested topics for future episodes. Until next time, take care and thanks so much for listening. Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year? Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year?